welcome back, everybody, to another week of Ghosts in the Scene. I'm your host, Gio Champatazzi, certified audio stage podcast, of course, ghost friendly. And I am back with my co host, Rob Thomas. How's it going, Rob? You know, Gio, um, as we said last time, we're getting into spooky season. Things are starting to pick up. I'm so glad that we're on air right now. Um, today at this hour, I'm actually listening to us as we speak mm. because you said this is audio sage and it's proven to work. So I need some audio sage too. I think it's a good reminder. Gio and I also need audio sage. So I'm actually listening to us as we're recording. Oh, hi, so, Rob. Oh, hey, Gio. That's so, <laughs> so cool. I love that the interactive that's parts great. of podcast. Hello, listener. I mean, I said hello before. I could say it again and maybe I'll say it a third time later on. But, but there's a reason why I'm listening right now. That's what I'm getting to. Okay. Is It is September 14th. It's just past 8 p.m. here in California. Mm. And this marks a big moment for, for us in California, living in California. But we'll, this event, I think, will have repercussions for the rest of the country as well. We're talking about a very strange election going on right now. It's not even November yet. We're in September, and we're having an election right now. Yes. What, what's going on here? I mean, I, I'm calling this election the Rumpelstiltskin election. Rumpelstiltskin. Right? we got to be careful saying that name. Exactly. And this is why. We're being asked in California right now if we recalled Gavin Newsom. Do you recall Gavin Newsom, Gio? Do you know who he is? I mean – not really right and that's the thing like the majority you'd be with the majority of californians uh so far we'll have to see how this all shakes out honestly this just happened right so so things can shift but at least at this moment and i and we won't get so much into the results but just just kind of get your head around what's going on you know there's a great majority of people in california who do not recall who their governor is and if they do remember who he is, if they do recall who he is, he's going to disappear in 30 days. You know what's funny about that is that like when I voted, right, they asked me that. I said, you know, no, I don't recall him. But they said, okay, if you do recall him, what's his name? And there was a bunch of different names that weren't Gavin. And so I think there's just a fundamental flaw in, in the system here because it seems to ask – if you remember somebody by their name and then it asks you to change his name to some other name. And I mean, I saw there were like 50 different names. It was a ton of names. So there is some, something happening. I think some kind of reassigning of, of a governor. And like you said, 30 days could, could happen and we could have a completely new person up there with a different name and, who knows if we'll recall them? Who and knows? I think this is something that when people talk about overreach, recalls is, is one of the last things they talk about. When do you think it's fair that the government go up to you and, and make you like say if you remember stuff? Is that fair to you? I mean, it, we, we got to look at this from a historical perspective. You know, we're, we're researchers – and we don't, you know, we, we have hot takes, but, you know, they come from somewhere. And I, I like to think, Gio, that you and I are more measured than most people. 
Right. So, like, think of the story of Rumpelstiltskin. Right? Like, yes. that really is, like, the first recall election. They were like, do you, do you know who this is? Like, do you know my name? Mm-hmm. If, if you can guess my name, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave. So, you know, it, was it fair in that scenario? He might have, like, stole a baby or something. Like I think, that. yeah. I think the whole thing was he was going to raise the baby to become the next Rumpelstiltskin. It's the only way to get out of it. You got to steal a baby and raise them to be you. Which means this is a long trajectory. That means, you know, in the story that they tell us, you know, there's always the story that they tell us, and then there's also the actual story. Of course. In the story that they tell us, they only tell us the first part, where they happen to to recall who Rumpelstiltskin was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, someone had a very good memory. Someone wrote it down, maybe. Um, and but then they don't tell you is that he goes on to the next town over, and he pulls the same trick. Yeah classic i mean okay you banish him from your home your home okay great he walks five feet over knock 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 another baby he eats you know he steals the baby i mean when you think about rumpelstiltskin the world is his oyster because it's medieval times people are having 10 children 12 children minimum at the time they need people to work with them to to do things with them to you know they don't have tv so they're like hey you kid dance hey you kid you know read you know hey you kid lift lift a rock over your head you know feats of strength and that kind of stuff so rumpelstiltskin was just walking around in a world full of just so many different families that he could pull the same trick on and it's it's what's happening now it's the the perfect analogy rob that you know now we're being forced to to recall this and it's almost like okay forcing a ritual right i mean and but it's almost like like i was saying you're breaking this weird cycle that we have every four years we do this right we vote and we have measures prop h prop y xyz whatever different stuff and yet this time all we had was one vote. Do you recall? It's a very specific, it's a memory, right? It's trying to conjure a memory in everyone's head as they're voting. Kind of maybe likening to the shared unconscious, right? But in this way, when you're all thinking of the same thing, it's almost like they're stealing that memory from you in that ballot. So the concentrated ritual of voting for a single thing I think has to be nefarious. It has to be going somewhere. All those ballots being counted, the energy, the manpower. I mean, the people that I saw at the voting center, you know, good for them. They're saints, but that is hard work, right? You're cattle people, basically. They're just like a giant line of people. I mean, exactly. And, you know, and we're speaking at a time where we don't know the official results at this point. Right. But in a way, I mean, there will be big consequences one way or another. And I think that's the point we're making. There's going to be big consequences each way this vote is going to go. Yeah. I mean, are we going to end up, you know, I almost feel like, are they going to try to put reverse Rumple Stillskin? Are they going to try? Are, are they trying to put Rumpelstiltskin into office? It's happened before. We've had a famous 
uh, celebrity that has run for office, a la the Terminator. We've had a robot as as the governor, which was which people recalled him because he was a celebrity. Like, I mean, oh yeah, he was in that's Total how he Recall. Became, that's how he got into office. Exactly. They're like, do you do you remember that movie with Arnold with the with the Terminator? And he said, "I'll be back." And they're like, oh yeah, he, he said he was going to be back. And guess what? He came back exactly. Along with, you know, a, a, an entire charisma factor that I think that right now, whoever this Gavin guy is, you know, he may be the governor. I, apparently, the, that's what they're trying to make us remember. I, I don't know. But whoever he is, the charisma factor has been robbed. All of us, whatever memory we have of, of, of a beautiful, charismatic governor, I just don't have it. And I think that this election made that so i think that is a result a direct result of this election that just happened and i think that this is something that you know we talk about government overreach we don't talk about spiritual overreach mm. and that's something that can happen too and i think a lot of psychics feel that but humans people that are let's say not of the psychic variety you know there's some humans that can really attune to that and you can learn but some people are born naturally with that gift and for those that don't, just because you can't really make use of your antenna doesn't mean it's not there and picks up things every now and then, you know? And so in, in order to, to clear that out, you have to be with psychics and understand their plight. So really, when it, when it comes down to it, I completely blanked on what we were talking about. You didn't, you couldn't recall. Because, because this is what this is what you're talking about. You, they're they're forcing us yeah. of our memory. Right? When when you're forcing us to vote like this, you, you can do it, Gio. You, you erase it. all of your our memories. Yes. And and now I, I'm blanking on on the recall itself. I can't even remember what I voted on anymore. You don't even remember what you cast. I mean, and I know. Cast a ballot sounds mm -hmm. a lot like cast a spell. Okay. And that fog, that memory fog hole that I just fell into is a symptom of voting for just one thing, okay? I think the energy that I was around, I surrounded myself with, even when you drop a ballot off, right? The post office brings energy to your house. I, I don't know if you realize that, but the postman is more than just a simple letter taker. He also gives you spiritual energy. That's something that people don't really know, and that's why you got to tip. You got to really tip your post office guys, your postal workers, or else you you will get negative energy. Wow, uh, yeah, and these are big PSAs out there, and you know, at times we wish we didn't have to report on all this, but like mm. we said, this is something you know. A lot of times, your hands get forced, so so we're out here to educate you all. Uh, to protect your energies when you're, even when you're forced, you know, you, bad energies are going to be forced upon you. And it's important to try to hold on to your energy best you can. Um, guard it so, with your life. Guard it with your life. I mean, I don't think, I don't know if, you know, even if en enough people, see, that's the craziest part. If people don't recall who Gavin is, he gets to stay which means he will just be kind of a husk and then, of, but, of himself. And, and if he loses, meaning like if, if enough people do recall him, 
he, he gets the boot. And then it seems like most likely it's going to be Larry the Elder. Yes. That would be the governor in that yes. case. Yes. And, you know, he's trying to sap all this charisma and energy right now. He seems, so he's definitely the benefactor of this. And I call this a reverse Rumpelstiltskin. Is Larry the Elder a new Rumpelstiltskin? Uh, maybe. 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 Because, I mean, Larry the Elder is not his last name. Think about that. That is that is a name that he's given himself, a name that maybe, you know, is a lineage of elders. Maybe, you know, his parents are elders as well, but that is a title. You know, that's like Gandalf the Grey. I'm sure Gandalf had a normal last name like, like West, Gandalf West, Gandalf, you know, Liechtenstein or something. But so when, when, when he says that his name is, you know, uh, Gandalf the Grey, he's, he's actually not Gandalf the Grey. And so when it comes to Larry the Elder, it could be Larry Sanders, Larry, you know, Wilmington, Larry Nebraska, anything. So it, honestly – this guy is playing games. Exactly. And that's that's the connection, I think, to, to Rumpelstiltskin in this, this instance. Because uh, I think at face value, you know, Gavin's path seems to be more directly to a traditional Rumpelstiltskin of like, oh, if we know his name, he's, he has to leave. But in this case, we would be replacing him with someone that we have no clue what his real name actually is. He's almost made himself Rumpelstiltskin proof. Right. Were, were this to happen again, I think Larry, wh whatever his last name is, right, would, of course, have his, his chance to be in power forever because we'd always say, you know, recall blank, right? We'd blank on whoever his last name is. We don't know. And whenever the ballot would come up, we wouldn't know who we're voting for or voting against. Wow. It's a power move, and it might work. That's the scary thing about these forced rituals is that it's almost like, okay, like I was saying, you know, there's a, there's a cycle that we, we usually hold on to, right? Every four years, every two years, every so many years, right? Right, because it takes the that amount of energy to conjure up the right energy to cast that spell you need and this is the morbid you know reality there is a death ratio there is a life ratio the amount of life coming in the amount of death pouring out there needs to be an equilibrium right there is a, there is a golden ratio that the earth is under right now where there is a loss of life and a gain of life and in order to hit that perfect spot we have to every two or four years come together and focus in on that energy, but it happens on a clock basis, right? And it's almost like if you had an alarm clock set for six o'clock and you did it for 10 years, and then one day somebody set it an hour later, you would feel different, right? Or let's just say even an hour earlier, you'd feel worse, right? You'd feel nervous. Why am I? Why am I so tired? Right? It's because you're not used to it. They changed everything. Now the cycle is broken, 
And we're living in a, in a reality where maybe in the next year, because we're going to have another election in one more year, right? We won't have the same energy. And then that's going to go bad. And then who knows what's going to happen after that? Because that's when they have all of the props, all of the extra stuff. So I think this is a concerted effort. I don't know if Larry the Elder is working with some other elders, but it seems like it, it may be that the elderly are finally taking their revenge on, on Gen Z. Because I don't know, I think the only, one thing I've heard about Gavin Newsom is he's like 16 years old, 17 years old. He's a kid mayor, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, when you think about it, it's old versus young. It's a tale as old as time. And I think if, if we're going to be objective reporters, you know, I'll just say it, you know, I, I voted no, because I, I honestly can't remember. And that's the truth. You know, as much as I want to say that I, I am some, you know, whip smart genius. And I remember who Gavin Newsom is. I, I think all I know is he's a kid. And he's, he has a, a cool name, I guess. I mean, I don't really know any Gavins, really. No, I, there's no one named Gavin. So it's just like, no, I, I don't know what you're talking about. But the scary part is, you know, under the fog of this, like, I, I, it's hard to recall what you recall. And oh my God. That's, and that's the scary part, you know, and, and we're experts. And even if we have this kind of like doubt around it, you know, this is happening across the entire state. So, um, you know, we can only hope that our collective energy, you know, Geo, you know, our show is broadcast as, you know, as we know, basically, if you put together, you know, there's, it's proof someone, at least one person is listening to the show any given time of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully, you know, we're doing our part. You're doing your part by listening to the show of keeping the, the good and right energy out there. This, exactly. this audio sage. Exactly. Um, and, you know, I, I'd like to say, you know, we're not the only game out there. And we know that you, we can feel your rituals as well. So we know you're doing your own stuff and we need you to keep doing that. Um, you know, and, you know, politics is a dirty game. Like we don't know anything about Gavin, apparently, like he could be some punk kid. He could be on those message boards, just spewing all sorts of garbage. You know, you know how kids are these days. Yeah, you know, I just looked up Gavin on TikTok, and he does have a a good amount of followers, three hundred thousand followers, and it seems like he is laughing away at all this all this recall nonsense. He says, "Remember this," and he stuck his middle finger up. So wow. he's taking it in good stride. If this is him, it could be a, a comedy account. Who knows? It could. I mean, and but I think what we're trying to say is more so of trying to respect these so-called politician is to respect the, the spiritual process that we all have to go through. And there's a right way to do things. Exactly. They do it every four years for a reason. There needs to be spiritual healing and regeneration. And if you don't do that, you know, we're not going to have a democracy the way that we have it because it's going to get worse. It's not going to like, the thing is, it's not going to be like this um, miracle thing where once we stop working at it, it's just going to miraculously fix itself. It's going to fall apart. That's, that's really like, we're, we're basically putting it spiritually, um, you know, putting masking tape, putting some glue, 
stitching it barely, you know, it, this is a patchwork because we don't have the spiritual warriors like we used to. You know, all, all of the major paranormal investigators, they come and they go, they make their millions, they buy some haunted mansion out in, you know, somewhere in the Bahamas and they become a Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, that's it. You never hear from them again. And so the real, you know, paranormal paragons in, in America, in California specifically, I mean, where are they? I, I can think of two people. I can think of Rob and I can think of Gio. But really, that's all I can think of. And I, I'm sure there's people out there. Shout out to you if you're, you're out there and you're helping the, the spiritual network. But it's, it's slim pickings. And I think when we look at Hollywood, we see there are some people that are brave enough to speak out, right? And some people that are not. And I think right now what we're seeing uh, is a story of somebody who was brave enough to speak out, somebody who wasn't, and then an entanglement that now made both of them stop talking right or actually actually flipped it actually he's talking and she's not i see you've made the transition too so we're, we're we're done talking about california right now california is really a, a good segue right because people want to break it up into different states and they've wanted to do this for years um much like what john mulaney probably wanted to do with his wife for years right getting too to into his personal bachelor lifestyle. So John Mulaney, if nobody knows, is a comedian, is a stand-up writer, SNL head writer, I believe, or something like that, right? I would, I'd like to throw in the word alleged in there. Because exactly. Because I've seen his work on stage, and I and, and the weird part about it is that it's not funny. Well, let's just say that his affect is to be very not funny, and for people to think that he's very funny. Um, I mean, that's what tipped me off. This is how I know that there's some some strange happenings here. Right? You know, I mean, this, we were talking about this before going on. Exactly. That's how you know that you're a good magician. Is when you're able to go up and command a crowd, you say things in a certain way. Right? Because although he may not be what you would imagine is actually funny... Like if you were to read his scripts of what he said, it's not funny, but how he delivers is also not funny, but his cadence is spiritual and that generates laughter. Now, it may not be the kind of laughter that you would get from a crowd that likes what you're doing and thinks you're funny and appreciates your humor. But it is a laughter that is forced and it's guttural. And that's when, you know, you hear, you know, it's a real gut buster, right? I was, you know, I really busted my gut. I was laughing so hard. That is truly a mini possession. And he is very good at that, okay? SNL, Saturday Night Live, trains people in psyops, right? I mean, they say, you know, Everybody that escapes, and what, and I mean escapes, mm -hmm. SNL, they always have the same story. Oh, it was a hellhole. It was dog eat dog. We were at each other's throats. And the one thing that they always cut off is Lauren Michaels had me held in a chamber for 72 hours 
with, you know, fumes, barbed wire, electric, you know, diodes going through my chest and brain, you know, lie detector tests, you know, crazy amounts of LSD. Your, your, a box over your head with a rat in it. Yes. Um, Agent Orange, right? You know, so, I mean, there are tons of, of terrible things. You know, they had you in an Iron Maiden. And Lauren Michaels would laugh and laugh and laugh. And that's, that's how he would laugh, right? Because he's a classic, you know, stoic, the straight man. He's always been the straight man. He never really, let, you know, breaks character. So that's how he gets his kicks. And no one ever really talks about that. But we have somebody in John Mulaney that is a writer. So he's not like, you know, a Will Ferrell who is getting, you know, whipped with a cat of nine tails by Lauren Michaels. He is the gimp in the gimp suit watching Lauren and hearing the leather on, you know, skin on Will Ferrell's skin, hearing him shriek in pain. And he derived some kind of pleasure from that. And he learned something from those shrieks that Will Ferrell gave off, how to be funny in front of a crowd. It may not work for the trained magicians like Rob and I, but, you know, for the layman, they love them. And, you know, I think it, you could see this influence in the way that his delivery works. He, he has a very particular way of, of speaking. And it seems like whenever he's trying to get a punchline, he just basically is shouting. He's yelling at you because the way that he's seen other people be quote unquote funny is when they're screaming in pain. So he thinks, and, and, and Lauren Michaels is rolling on the floor. So he said, you know, if I start screaming, mm. like I'm in incredible pain, people are gonna think that's funny. And, you know, in a way it, it's worked for him. It's the school of Sam Kinison, right? It's, it's the school of that in your face, rude boy comedy, but he does it with like a boyish charm he does the like it's almost like he's a 12 year old boy doing aggro stand-up like you were saying so like all he can do is modulate his voice and he's just telling like a basic story or observation and all he does is like just hit that like high note with his voice and he's wearing a tuxedo and people think that that's performance and that some some of that is art, and not to say that that isn't performance because it is. It is pure performance, right? But I guess past his stand-up, right? Past what what he is as a as a artist, right? We can say that he's had some issues, um, a little bit of a a little bit of a white powder substance issue, abuse. And uh, because of that, he, he's kind of fallen into a, a little spiral. And maybe a month ago, it was real dark. But recently, some new news has come out, and it's more complicated. It's not totally white, but I would say it's somewhere in the gray, maybe like Gandalf the Gray. So let's get, let's get the second part, the second piece of this puzzle, right? It takes two to tango. Olivia Munn, okay? Everybody knows Olivia Munn one way or another. You know, she was in an X-Men movie. 
right? Before that, she was a commentator for a gaming network, online personality, fitness, movie star. I mean, how, how do you know her? I, I first recognized her. She, she was actually a correspondent on The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. So giving this sort of, you know, uh, humorous kind of news, she was, she was reporting, right? She, she thought she was going to be a reporter. Mm. Uh, she was somewhat in, in the same vein as, as we were, but then she started to do more, more movies. Um, and she's just been kind of simmering in the background for the, for a while. Uh, I know she's had some strange comments on certain things. Like you can kind of look into this yourselves as well. We're yes. not going to go over everything here, but right. you know, but the, to say that there's just like, there's something a little bit off about both of these people here. I mean, yeah. Okay. And I don't want to put completely blame or maybe we do. I think that's what we're trying to figure out. Today. Exactly. That's part of this investigation. And I think with Olivia, you know, the first time I saw her was, you know, she was a, you know, a, a TV personality for a gaming TV show, right? And it was just like random, like early YouTube, basically, like before YouTube kind of stuff, you know? So just totally whatever in the background. She's been in the industry for probably 20 years, okay? And this whole time, simmering in the background, like Rob said, working some bits here in a movie, there in a movie. Now you're in a TV show. Now you're doing commercials, you know, run the red carpet, whatever, whatever. Like it's just like underused, I think is a word that you could use for Olivia Munn. And I think you could chalk it up to maybe some of her weird comments, like Rob alluded to, that maybe let her, you know, slip away some really big roles from her hands. But like Rob said, there is just something weird, right? And when you look into like the history of both of them, and then you put them together, that's when you really spell a mystery. Something is happening in front of our noses, and it just seems like everybody's reading it one way. And I get it because – you know, when you're looking through the filter of celebrity and celebrity gossip, it's very easy to just kind of blame people for their actions and end there. But when you start to look at the paranormal aspects and the repercussions of all of this, you start to see that maybe the motives of these two are completely unknown and that the, what they are saying is all face value. That's all they're, they're just doing it to save face, right? So they're saying right now, real quick, just to catch you up. So John Mulaney gets married, becomes super famous as a stand-up, right? As his own personality outside of Saturday Night Live, right? And then has a drug problem, leaves his wife. Like, you know... This is like last December, and granted, Recent. this is this is not divorce. They haven't signed the actual. They haven't broken this spiritual contract yet, mm -hmm. but they are separated. You know, there's like we said, there's some there's some grace here. Gandalf but, will be proud. Yes, but in the in the eyes of the Lord, these two are married. So exactly. So he leaves and he goes into rehab, right? 
you know, goes into rehab again or something. Basically, he spends a year in turmoil, you know, having issues with substance abuse. And then he finds or rekindles a fling, a romance with Olivia Munn, who he had met at Seth Meyers' wedding. So Seth Meyers brings these two together, right? They meet again, apparently at church quote-unquote church they don't say what church but some church and then they hit it off now they're at the races it's so many months later not that long and she's pregnant yeah i mean and, and to kind of fill fill in some of these these gaps here right so you know john Mulaney, this is you know this is this is fast this is fast work here they they meet few years ago uh they they're not friends from from what i can tell they've just kind of like be in generally somewhat same circles they don't actually really know each other but you know it seems that in a way he might be followed and then you know uh it gets hot and heavy you know he leaves his wife and then right when he gets back from rehab they separate in december and they claim to met like this last spring and it's it's baby time now and yeah and, immediately and you know well the ink is still drying on these divorce papers and you know you can have kids with people and you know i think if you look at any of these points by themselves like people struggle with addiction all the time and people you know they they can get better sometimes they don't but there's a lot of like factors going in here like for example like he was not supposed to have a child with his wife he said they were very much against that and he's very mm -hmm. much against religion so what happened in, a, in less than six months that he's going to church meeting with someone else that he barely knows and now we'll have a child with now this sounds like a movie right this sounds like a film but it doesn't just sound like any film this sounds like a real film like rosemary's baby mm. you know almost like they were rushed into having this child as if they were like they were put on a speed run of a relationship and it's almost like the movie Old, in a way, where they lived an entire relationship in, like, one week, and then now are ready to move on to the next phase of their, of their thing. They're ready to get married and have a family, right? So when you think about why, why would he change his mind? How could he, right? How could he do that to her? There's all kinds of questions you could ask. But the question people, you know, want to say is that, oh, Olivia is, is, is corrupting him. She's the real bad person because, you know, she made him leave his wife, blah, blah, blah. There's all, all kinds of people that are saying things about her. But we're not seeing it from her perspective. And I think it's, it's very good that she has us in her corner to do the research and to see what she saw and – to tell it from her side of the story, I think is going to be very, you know, um, it's going to put you at ease because you're going to be able to see her side of the story as, as to why all of this is happening. 
And you guessed it, it has nothing to do with this mortal coil. And it has everything to do with the paranormal. Okay? Now, Olivia Munn, like we said, was in a lot of movies over these past 15, 20 years. And, you know, some of them big roles, some of them small roles. Well, one of the roles she played was Jennifer Sarchi in a movie called Deliver Us From Evil. That's a spooky ghost movie. Okay, everybody. I don't know if you've seen it. Rob, I, I know I know we've probably seen it a hundred times. It's one of the go-tos. It's like the Bible for a, a lot of uh, modern day paranormal investigators. And you know, the powerful aspects of it come from the reality, right? Because it's so true. And you've experienced ghost encounters before. You know, what about it just so just rings so true to you? I mean, it's, you know, jump scares. Ghosts do jump out to scare you. Like yes. that's, that's a real thing that happens. And, um, you know, it's sometimes you just start talking like you have like a New York accent. Like if you watch this movie, Olivia Munn has a New York accent. And sometimes when you see ghosts, you're just like, oh, my God. Exactly. Hoity boids <laughs> are haunting me. Yeah. You I'm know? haunted here. Hey, watch where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> There's a ghost. Um, yeah. You know, to me, that that's what really kind of hit home and really sent chills down my spine. Exactly. So, I mean, just so now you, here you have it, a paranormal expert, someone who has been haunted by maybe a million ghosts. We haven't counted, but I would say about a million um, saying just how true to, you know, the haunted Bible you could get with this movie, Deliver Us From Evil. And Olivia Munn is on a press junket tour, okay? If you guys know anything about press junkets, you know that you basically spend an entire day like 12 hours in a room answering basically the same questions over and over and over again. And I would say that's something like we were talking about spiritual exhaustion, right? Where you do that ritual to a point where you don't even know who you are anymore. That could set in. And that makes for either very tense interviews or very like lucid interviews. Interviews where the person being interviewed just starts speaking from their inner brain. And I think we caught Olivia Munn in a moment where she starts just speaking the absolute truth. So, uh, Rob, is it okay if I play this clip? I mean, we're, we're listening. I'm listening to the show, so I think I'm protected by our, you know, audio sage here. Yes. We have uh, the, the GPN, the Ghost Protected Network. Yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, and thank goodness for that. A uh, shout out to the street team for developing that. But if I start speaking in a New York accent, you know, we might have to stop. Okay. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. Let's see. This movie is based on true I know, events. And, and I, did you hear about the actual videotape? No, tell me what, what's up with the actual videotape. So there's, videotape? you know, from, you know, the NYPD had to do exorcisms because this is a true story right. that happened. And okay. Real quick. She just dropped the bomb, the fucking mother load. The NYPD had to do exorcisms. 
meaning is they also have tapes of it there is physical evidence of them doing this there's a there's a new york cop being like hey i'm exercising here hey oh okay so let's let's continue here and they have these VHS tapes that you can't see anywhere. You're not going to see them online or anything. They're, in, they're not on YouTube? They're not on so YouTube. So it's the one thing on the planet that's not on YouTube? Yeah, because these are locked away. These are, like, very special things that okay. you're not allowed to see because it's, it's, I mean, it's, like, NYPD stuff. So did you get to see them because you were in the movie? I got to see them. What? Eric Fiana saw them first, and he couldn't sleep for three weeks. So, so what's I, on, what was on the tape? What's on the tape? Okay, I only watched one part before I turned it off because it freaked me out. So I'm looking at a guy and he's sitting there and it's the grainy black and white. Right. So it's, but it's the real tape and you're seeing this guy and he's sitting there in a straight jacket and he's shaking and he's got this otherworldly look in his eyes. That's what Eric said, otherworldly. And I said, you mean like crazy? He goes, no, no, like he's from another world. And it's wow. true. His eyes look like he's from another world. And he's shaking and out of nowhere, his forehead splits open out of nowhere. And he's in a straight jacket and he starts, and then he starts drooling. And as soon as he, the drool hits his shirt, his white straight jacket, it turns into blood. And I'm watching this, and as soon as that happens, I turn off the I turn off the tape, and it's I can't do anymore. No, there's, there's... Whoa. Wow. Whoa. Oh my god. <clears throat> I mean, oh my, oh my god. <laughs> I mean, so think about what she's talking about. A guy that watched a video couldn't sleep for three weeks. Okay, cause of insomnia, haunted by a ghost for three weeks, couldn't sleep. She couldn't even watch a minute before seeing some man's head burst open and blood spurt out of his mouth, okay? And now you're talking about church, quote-unquote church. Now, if we're to believe that John Mulaney is an atheist, did not believe in a god, even if he had some kind of religious revelation, I'm going to guess that he did not choose a, a God that is good. I think he chose the absence of a God, Satan. Satanism is a church. You could go to church and worship Satan, okay? Now, Olivia, Olivia Munn, I think in a world so fake as Hollywood that finally seeing evidence of something real finally woke her up. I mean, when you think about it, all the phonies, all the all the missed opportunities, all the dead-end jobs, right? All the woulda, coulda, shouldas, and you finally get a taste of the real deal, a smack of reality, a dose of truth that goes to real, that you can be possessed I think the first thing that I would do if I were Olivia, enroll myself in the Church of Satan and learn about ghosts, learn about possessions so that that would never happen to me and I'd be prepared for when it happened to my friends. So let's game that out, okay? Olivia at the Church of Satan walks into, who do you know? Oh, look at that. It's a, it's a you know, coming off his, his you know, stint in the... What do you call it? Thirty day rehab facility. Rehab, yeah, and all of a sudden he's clear eyed. He can see for the first time, you know. And bada bing, bada boom. He's the only person that he sees. And I don't want to say she was placed there because I don't know that. But it just seems 
maybe he was placed there for her. I, you know, the rehab van could have dropped him off anywhere. And it's only a chance that it dropped him off in the front of the Charter Zayn. Completely random. Or is it? You know, Gio, as I was listening to that story again being told, I believe I had a, a, a relevation. I had a vision. Whoa. I saw what she saw. And she omitted a big key factor in that story that she's talking about, the man in a straitjacket. And it explains everything. All right. It's the bada bing. Who right? was it? You know, you say bada bing. This, bada is, boom. The bada, this yeah. is the bada boom. All right. What she did not say is that she recognized that man in a straitjacket in New York City. That man. In the cell was John Mullaney. John Mullaney. Right there, everybody. Bada boom. I think I think it's irrefutable. Okay. She was drawn to him like of of a moth to the flame. Okay. To do uh some kind of, of magical sacrificial dance with him. And now they are having, because of the, you know, I don't know, the strings of fate have tied them together and have forced them in, in a speed run of a relationship to have this baby. And for both of them now, I think they are tied in, in a way that is both, I mean, because if you think about it, right, they're both D-list celebrities at best. We talked about power couples a long time ago, but it doesn't make it any less relevant. So what we just saw is a union between one entity and another without the marriage certificate you know, finalized yet. But what we're seeing really is the forging of a new power couple. And this one is sponsored by the Church of Satan. So... I'm thinking, you know, for the future, if, if you're looking at where the future is going, I could see them moving into the, you know, the likes of maybe a Demi Moore and a Bruce Willis, right? Or, you know, a George Clooney and a Amal Clooney, right? These, like, they could move up to maybe C, B list. I don't know about A list, but I mean, C or B is pretty good compared to D. And the gradient is a power, you know, scale. So you go up one scale, you are in a different echelon of power. So, you know, guys like Brad Pitt, there's a reason why he stays in A. He doesn't do B work. He doesn't do C work. Because if he did, you know, he'd age a thousand years. He'd be like a wrinkly old. Benjamin Button was an indie film. That was the last indie film he ever did. Because well, what happened? Exactly. It almost killed him making that movie. So it really does matter. And it uh, maybe not to us because we have integrity, but to a, somebody like a John Mulaney and like an Olivia Munn who are maybe power hungry and there's nothing wrong with being hungry for power, right? It's what you do with the power that, that makes it wrong if you do something wrong, right? But I mean, wanting power, there's nothing wrong with that, I don't think, because – you know, to wield power, um, not over people, but just to wield it as, you know, as your own, 
it is itself empowering. That feels good to have a certain strength, right? But now they have a baby involved. This union is a triangle now. It's three people now. And now we're talking about real magic. Okay. What, you know, the power of two, two heads are better than one, but the triangle is like the seminal, like pivotal element that makes any kind of like geometrical sense, like make anything possible. So it is the strongest of all the bonds. So when it comes to these three, the Mulaney Mun family, right? Their children, whatever they may be, we're looking at somebody who has experienced both, you know, SNL torture and ghost evidence truth. So I mean, I mean, and mixed together because as as we discovered, John Mulaney was the possessed person in the video, whether exactly. he knows it or not. He most he of the might time, not know. Most of the time, your memory can be wiped after a, an experience like that. And, you know, and, and I don't think, and I think what's also important is to not lose the thread that they, they were placed in these rooms together. And yes, we need to, to remember to keep our eye on that as well, because they could just be, you know, as they build their power, you know, where's it going really? Exactly. If it's not going to them, it's going somewhere, right? Who is siphoning their power? It's the people that created them. And not them, but created their, their meeting, that chance meeting doesn't happen to, to people. It, it is, it has happened for them, right? In front of them, it is placed. And when we find out who did this, who pulled the strings, who ordered the Uber, who told the van to drop them off there, you know, that's when I think we'll have the, the aha moment. But right now, this investigation is a lot like their, you know, um, their union. It's in its infancy. It's barely starting. We're we're not even in, uh, you know, in the honeymoon phase. We're we're barely even talking about, you know, what we like to eat for lunch. So once we get past this initial stage, we will give you who is the money person, who's the money man. I'm looking at you, George Bush. Here's okay, real quick before we go. Wow. I, I know, I know, but before we go, George Bush, he's been an ex president for a long time, right? He survived already. Wait, he was president. I thought he was just a painter. Exactly. That's, I mean, that's the beauty of, of what he's doing now is that he has been an ex president for so long that people are born not knowing that he was the president. And he is able, I think, with all of his clearance. To do all kinds of stuff, I th I still think that you know um, they give you keys to all of the all the secret bases, and they don't ever ask you for those back. They just make new copies. So, I I mean I'm just looking at George W. Bush in a very kind of questionable way right now. He's had a lot of free time, and I think that painting is a is a really simple way to say, oh yeah, I've been painting. Right? How how long does it take you to paint? Oh, about 72 hours to paint something. And he's painting a fucking, like, you know, doodle of a dog. Not to say that it's, you know, easy, but just to say that maybe he's doing some, some ops in the middle of his painting while it's drying, you know? 
That's really interesting. And, you know, I think this like whole, you know, recall thing is, is getting in my head mm. right now. And it's amazing that I couldn't even remember that, uh, you know, that he was a war criminal first, then a painter. Right. It's, it's hard to get that, you know, it, in your head when all of this recall stuff is happening. And I think getting our, our memories wiped, sometimes it rips off because, okay, if you think about it, when, when it comes to memory wipes, they probably just go into your brain folder, look up politics, <clears throat> go to their cycling bin, drag some files over, but they probably overclick a couple and they probably clicked over George W. Bush and threw that away by accident. So yeah, he committed atrocities and I wish that guy would have hit him in the fucking forehead with a, with a shoe when he hit the shot. Um, bummer that he missed. So um, everybody... Um, Pray for John and, and Olivia, right? Pray that they they find a way into the light together. I know that Olivia has has you know understands the severity of ghosts, and John maybe not even realizing it, but maybe somebody should tell him that he was possessed and that that you know is a part of the healing process. I mean, or you know, you could also be Team Anna Marie. Uh, yes. John's uh now ex-wife and you can say screw both of them and that's that's fine too that's cool too because you know sometimes the best paranormal play is to not play at all and and to stay out of the the paranormal muck because honestly the one thing that is surrounding olivia munn and john mulaney is a lot of muck right now and it's goopy and it's it gets everywhere it's messy and you know, if you don't want a part of it, you know, by all means, do not take part because it, you know, as, as spiritual uh, experts, Rob and I were used to this kind of quicksand, but, you know, for the average person, um, it's, it's a little in the weeds. Okay. I mean, we're, we're talking about maybe, you know, the ghost of Robin Williams coming back as the genie, but the bad version of the genie, right? That could be who's, who's at work here. I, I have no idea, but that's just a guess. So everybody stay in the scene, do your own research. You know, it, it really shows when you do your own research, how much truth you could really mine out of a subject. So make sure that you do your own reading, find your own, you know, so sources and um, make sure that you always cite ghosts in the scene as one of your sources. Okay. Cause we love you. Stay in the scene. And yeah, that's that's a golden ticket on any academic paper. If you sort us, source us, uh, cite us as your source, mm. uh, that's an automatic A. So that's that's just a little tip up there. That's a good tip. That's a good tip. Uh, and we do that because we love you, as Gio said, and it's still true when I say it as well. So we love you. That's right. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.